Welcome to the Antioch Initiative Podcast, a podcast that focuses on the unreach of the world and seeing the Great Commission completed in our generation. Hi, we're continuing a series of podcasts connected with Run for the Unreached. Run for the Unreached is an advocacy run for people groups in the world which still do not have access to the good news of Christ. We're hosting the on-site event this year in Bloomington, Minnesota on Saturday, April 9th, but we're also hosting the event virtually all over the world. Today's podcast is specifically being produced for use by our virtual participants as they run or walk wherever they're located. Uh, but there's still time to register for this virtual event, and you may do so by going to our website, theantiochinitiative.com, and then selecting Run for the Unreached from the many different tabs that are on the site. Please join us as we run our walk for the unreached. The content on this podcast features updates from Josh in the Middle East. Josh shares some encouraging things God is doing and lets us know how we can pray. Now, here's our interview with Josh. This afternoon, we have the privilege of sitting with uh, Josh from the Middle East and talking to him about what God is doing in that part of the world. Josh, thanks for joining us today. Hey, Nick, great to be here with you guys. Josh, would you please tell us a little bit about yourself and what you're able to share? And let's go from there. Yeah, absolutely. Well, first of all, I just want to say thanks for letting me be here with you. And uh, I'm really happy that, you know, whoever's listening to this is engaging with unreached people groups. And uh, that's been my my family's heart for the past several years is is to go to places that don't have access to the gospel um, and and be that access for the gospel. And so uh, we've been on the mission field almost 10 years uh, serving in the Middle East, primarily and, uh, you know, and, and Islam majority countries. Yeah. Uh, we did live in uh, Egypt for around uh, five years working there and we're no longer there. So I can share that. Yeah. Um, and saw the Lord do some wonderful things there. And now uh, we're in a, a different location and I won't get more specific than this, but we're in the Arabian Peninsula yeah. um, working to see a church planning movement there. And so the Lord's been gracious to us and uh, we're, getting ready. We're actually on furlough right now, but getting ready to head back there in the summer. That's amazing. Um, Praise God to hear a little bit about your story. And what are some things that God is doing right now in your part of the world? Well, we're seeing some, uh, some wonderful, wonderful things happen. And, uh, you know, you kind of look at this through the lens of how long, at least our missions organization has shown an emphasis or begin to have an emphasis in the Middle East and the Arab world and unreached people groups. We're going on about 10 years now. And so yeah. we're seeing some, uh, some fruit come out of that across our teams. And uh, I'll give you a, one or two specific examples, but we have uh, some, a wonderful team working with Syrian refugees um, that are coming out of Syria and they are just so hungry for the gospel. And they're coming out of a context where they've seen, you know, the, the very, very, open, transparent, ugly side of Islam with what's going on in their country. And so um, they, they're, they're searching and they're hungry. So we have our team there that's working with Syrians and they are having various Bible study groups and even uh, house churches um, that are popping up. And uh, they, they asked for, I, I connected with them actually in preparation for this. And they were just saying, you know, would you continue to pray for us, pray for wisdom and also pray for these refugees as they make decisions on staying there, uh, waiting for things in Syria to settle down or kind of trying to immigrate to Europe, um, all while navigating becoming new believers in Jesus Christ. Um, so that's a really uh, exciting, specific development. 
And I, I think on a broad sense too, we're just seeing our people that have been on the field learning Arabic and learning culture getting to that point where they can be very effective in the culture now. Yes. And so I, I look forward and I just see, I see this is the, the beginning of, of a season of real fruitfulness for us. That's, that's amazing. And it does take time um, to learn language, learn culture. And, uh, and so praying for that, just perseverance, I'm sure is also there. So that's mm-hmm. wonderful. So yeah. later, later we're going to have a time of prayer. We want to remember these refugees. Um, are there any other stories or things that you can think of that you'd be uh, right now that are uh, happening? Sure. Well, one, one story that came to mind that I want to share um, just in the kind of vein of prayer. Uh, you know, oftentimes we're overseas and we're seeing the Lord do some things. Um, and we also come up against a lot of spiritual attack. And so there was one time in Egypt where my family and I were having just about three or four weeks of just sickness on and off with our kids and, uh, and a lot of really bad dreams, nightmares. And uh, that, that happens actually, I don't want to say often, but it does happen um, to people who are working with unreached people groups as we go into these spiritually dark places. Sure. And usually we recognize that very quickly as spiritual you know, warfare. So my family and I, we begin to pray and, and ask God, okay, what's going on? Uh, you know, we take these sicknesses away from us. We help us to sleep better. And oftentimes we're asking, is there anything that, that we've done or been exposed to? Right. And uh, just nothing, just crickets. So we actually put a, uh, a prayer request out to our supporters, our partner network, and said, yeah. would you guys pray for us? And then the next morning, we woke up to an email uh, from a young lady that, that had partnered with us. She supported us financially, but also would pray for us. And she said, I was praying for you guys. And I, I had this really kind of uh, type of vision. And she said, I walked into your house and I turned right and sitting right next to your TV was this thing that was on fire. And she said, you know, it wasn't a good fire. It was a bad fire. Yeah. Uh, as she said, it was just, it had all of this Islamic Quranic writing on it. And so we woke up and she had never been to our house, had no reason to know the layout of it, but it was exactly as she said, when you yeah. walk in the front door, we had a room with a TV and right next to it, uh, there was this lamp that had been given to me by a local friend. And it's, you know, a lot of these cultures are gift giving cultures. And so sure. you just you give gifts and you, you get gifts all the time. And so I had been given this gift and hadn't, didn't think anything of it. Right. And, uh, but then I went and looked at it and sure enough, there was all of this Islamic Quranic writing on it. It was a Ramadan lamp. And uh, so we took that thing. We lived on the 13th floor of an apartment building at that time. And uh, we, we looked out the window and made sure nobody was beneath us. And we tossed it out the window. Uh, and incredibly, that night, uh, our kids slept through the night for the first time in weeks. And us as well. And our sickness all left. And so I, I just want to you know tell that story as an encouragement that the Lord really does use the prayers of those people that that we partner with and that are our prayer partners. Yeah. And, uh, you know, we, I, I often think back to that. And for a while I was a little bit frustrated going, okay, God, I was praying and asking you, what was the reason for all of this? Uh, but I really believe that, that we, we need prayer partners because God yes. wants to use people here and their prayers. And, and that's just one story of many of, of seeing the Lord use the prayers of people who are not on the field uh, to directly affect what's going on on the field. Yeah. 
that's a powerful story. I mean, um, how God, and we need, we need the body of Christ and we don't understand sometimes why God doesn't show us something, but praise God, we have brothers and sisters who God uses and stand with us and, and hold the rope. Mm-hmm. And that's, wow, that's powerful. Um, well, we, um, we do want to be praying uh, for the people in the Middle East and ask God to, to move in their lives. And this, you know, this podcast is part of a series for Run for the Unreached and uh, people listening or walking, running uh, during Run for the Unreached. Some people might be listening to it while they're driving somewhere, which is fine. Uh, but the focus of this series is helping people to pray uh, f- during the time of Run for the Unreached. Um, mm-hmm. And wherever they are in the world. And so, yeah, if you would be open to just sharing, uh, you've already shared uh, about the Syrian refugees, maybe you yeah. might start with that. But if you if you would share just some some ways that we can pray for the Middle East specifically, and then just pause a little bit after sharing so that people listening, if they want to, they can press pause and pray for what you just shared about um, and then press play again and hear the next one. But if you'd be open to go ahead and lead us through some ways yeah. that we can intercede, that'd be wonderful. Sure. Well, let me start off kind of on a broader view, and then I'll work my way down and back sure. to the Syrian refugees, because I would love to give some uh, specific prayer point for that one. Sounds good. Uh, yeah. So so maybe the first prayer point that I would say is, uh, you know, pray for w- what we call Paul's. And so we realize as missionaries uh, in the Arab world that the best thing that we can do is be a catalyst. Um, we might not lead, you know, thousands to the Lord, but we can find those people whom the Lord has prepared who are like a Paul or a Peter right. inside the culture. And so I would just say, would you, would you pray that God would lead us, um, lead our teams in the Arab world to those people um, and that we would be faithful to disciple them so that they can fulfill that apostolic uh, calling in their own culture. Amen. So the next prayer point that I would say, uh, is, is one that we always pray for, uh, as teams across the Middle East, because there's this realization kind of in the same vein as that first prayer point right. that we need local Christians to partner with us. Sure. And so, uh, Pray specifically that God would really stir up the local Christian population to have a heart for their Muslim neighbors, which historically has not happened. And uh, two things along that prayer point. Number one, we have a wonderful national church in Egypt, um, and we have a a team specifically working with them to train up uh, uh, Egyptian national Christians to go and be a part of our teams. So sure. pray that God would just continue to stir them up. And, and number two, along those same lines, uh, we do have several Arab partners uh, on our teams. One of them actually working with that Syrian team I mentioned earlier. And yeah. with that becomes, comes cultural differences sure. uh, and misunderstandings. And so pray that God would give us grace as Westerners um, uh, and just understanding as we work closely alongside our Arab Christian brothers and sisters. That's great. Maybe I want to just pause for a moment. I, I know where you're coming from, Josh, with this. Can you explain mm-hmm. a little bit why maybe a national church, especially a minority national church, may not be have such a burden for Muslims in their area? Could you just share just a little bit so we can also pray that God would help them with that? 
Yes. Yeah, absolutely. That's, that's a good point and a good question. So, you know, historically, Christians in the Middle East, uh, since Islam has come in, um, have been persecuted and have been the minority um, and have really been, uh, you know, experienced uh, kind of being the low social status in the society. And so they've experienced everything from discrimination and jobs and um, and where they live and how much money they can make, but then also larger things as in as far as uh, their churches being destroyed or even not being allowed to meet in, uh, in a church. And so generally they, they have not liked Muslims and they, they've tried to separate themselves. We see whole, you know, Christian neighborhoods and uh, areas of the cities where these people live um, that they try not to live next to Muslims. And so there's some real hurt uh, from generations and, and, and that's been instilled in them as they've grown up. You know, we're separate, we're different. We don't interact with Muslims. They're bad people. And so, yeah, that we definitely need to pray for that as well, that God would uh, give him, give them his heart for Muslims and look at them through his eyes um, and not the hurts of the past from their, their culture and family generations. Uh, another one, one, actually two more. I'm going to share this one and then I'd like to zero in on the Syrian refugees. Uh, but we see a lot of dreams and visions um, that happened in, in the Arab world. And this is this happens because Muslims believe that this is one of the only ways that God can speak to them individually. And so when we hear a testimony of a Muslim who's come to faith, uh, nine out of 10 times they have had a supernatural dream where Jesus shows up and speaks to them. And we've seen this even in the country that I currently serve in. We have one guy that we're discipling and Jesus showed to him, showed up to him in a dream and spoke to him. And we heard this a lot in Egypt as well. People having dreams and visions of Jesus, of the cross. Right. And so we just want to continue to pray that God would, would speak to Muslims in their dreams and in their visions because it has been a powerful tool um, to bring them to him and, uh, and just ask him to continue to do that and, and, and lead us to those people who he is, both lead us to those people who has given dreams and visions to and also give dreams and visions to those people who we are already sharing the gospel with. Amen. All right. And the last one, circle back to uh, this, the Syrian uh, church planting team, and they're doing a wonderful, wonderful job. And just to kind of give you some more details uh, about them, they, they kind of work as a community center and uh, they receive a lot of aid, a lot of clothes, different things to meet these refugees where they're at when they're fleeing their homes. And so They've been a real connection point for them, and they're, they're giving both spiritually and physically um, to these refugees and seeing a wonderful, wonderful response. Right. And so I want to pray for, uh, you know, pray for wisdom for this team sure. uh, because they're walking through, they're walking with these people through not only, you know, fear, uh, physical needs, spiritual needs, but there is also a lot of trauma sure. that these people have gone through. And so that even takes another, takes it to another level. And then also these people come to them, you know, now in, in this context and culture 
when when someone becomes a Christian, their default is that is that their spiritual leader really has a lot of authority in their life. And so a lot of these refugees are coming to some of our team members and asking them, you know, what should I do? Should I go to Europe? Should I stay here? Should I try to go back to Syria? And, you know, that's a lot of burden for, for our, our leaders to be able to speak into the, into their lives. Um, Those are big decisions. Um, And so just pray for wisdom that God would give them wisdom and that God would, uh, would call, would speak specifically to those Syrian refugees about what they're supposed to do, because we would love for some of them to stay and work with that team and also Lord willing in the future to be able to go back into Syria and be a part of, uh, be a part of a new uh, church there. Yeah. Wow. Well, Josh, really grateful for um, all you've shared and um, for your, you know, for the stories you share, the insight. Um, and I know that our listeners are blessed as they've been able to pray for the Middle East. And we want to continue praying that God will continue to work and continue to bless your family, of course. And if it's okay, I just want to pray for your family. Uh, and that before yeah. we conclude, uh, just, and the listeners can join. Uh, Father, we thank you for Josh and his family and their service. We pray you continue to give them wisdom, continue to give them guidance, give them provision. And we pray for blessings over other teams that are serving in the Middle East, that you give them fruit for their labor. And as we're praying, Lord, we know that you're working and we thank you for that. You're faithful. And we pray that you'd send many more people into the harvest. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Amen. And thank you so much for um, being with us today, Josh. Yeah, absolutely. It was my pleasure. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Antioch Initiative podcast. To keep up with future episodes, follow us on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Follow our social media handles at the Antioch Initiative to stay up to date on all future content.